0: A uh, powerful psalm, a psalm with a lot of uh, verses that we already know, but uh, a psalm that uh, David gives us, and I'm going to ask you to get out your uh, bulletins, and on the backside it's blank. There's a pen in front of you uh, to take notes, and they are going to be a bunch of things to write down today, and I know that it's going to be a uh, message that speaks to our hearts because it's something that we all go through, something David went through. And uh, God put it in His Word for us, and so it's going to be a good, uh, a good time together in His Word. Before we begin, I just want to say uh, thank you uh, to our church family uh, and to uh, the men that stood in the pulpit while I was gone. A couple weeks ago, I was asked by Philadelphia Church in the city. It's a church that my grandpa was the pastor of, that my dad pastored at, and before coming uh, out to the suburbs and, and coming to Christian Life and. And uh, so they had their 93rd anniversary, and they asked if I'd come and speak. And so uh, went there. We had a great uh, service, great time of celebration, and it was so nice to have uh, Pastor Harry Schmidt with us as we kicked off our Ascension sign-up. And, and such a good word from uh, Pastor Harry. And then, um, <clears throat> as it would happen, I uh, came down with the flu, and uh, Leslie made me go to the doctor. And sure enough. Uh, tested positive for the flu, and they said you have to stay out of the public uh, for a while. And <clears throat> so I am so grateful for uh, Pastor Tom Kennington uh, last Sunday and his wonderful prophetic message, and, and uh, so grateful for him. And on Thursday, my doctor said I was no longer contagious. So I said, all right, I'm out of here because uh, I'm, I'm not a good patient at home in, in a room all by myself. So it's good to be out, good to be about. And thank you for your grace and your prayers. And uh, feeling, feeling good. And if I start coughing, Edgar knows just to cut the mic for a while. So we'll be we'll be okay. But uh, we're gonna look at Psalm chapter twenty-seven. So hopefully you have that open. We're gonna we're gonna look at that and go through that verse by verse. But this psalm is about fear. I think it's safe to say that we all either have been afraid or been worried or live in fear at some moment in our life, and perhaps that's even right now in your life, that you are living in fear. And to be honest with you, there's so much in our world that is going on, and things get so crazy that I completely understand this idea of living in fear. I asked on Facebook a few weeks back, what are you afraid of? Just one of those questions throughout there, I I was shocked at how many responses I got back, just people telling me all the things that they were afraid of, and, and, and we, couldn't, we can't go through everything that we're afraid of, because we're all afraid of different things in life. So um, there's three main areas of fear in anyone's life, and so we're going to put these on the screen, you can write them down, and we're going to see how David tackles these in the psalm, but, but we boil it down to these three areas. One is the fear of circumstances the things that happen to us, the the things that happen in our life, the fear of failure, fear of making the big mistake, or the fear of the future, or we might uh, better say the fear of the unknown because we don't know what the future holds. And so those are the things, if we put all of our fears and listed, listed them, they would probably fall into one of those three categories. And when it comes to fear in our life, listen, fear is a very real emotion. And it's an emotion that God put inside of us to gauge things in our life. And so we have to, when we feel those feelings of fear, we have to see what is this teaching us? What are we learning from the fear that I'm feeling? But better yet is the word reveal. What is the fear in my life revealing about my life? What's that revealing about me? And then when we begin to to ask these questions, what is it teaching me? What am I learning? What is it revealing about me? We we need to then go to the Bible and see what does the Bible say about fear? And the reality is you already know what I'm going to say. The number one command in the Bible, the number one command in the Bible is do not be afraid. That's what the Bible says about fear. Paul says it this way when he's talking to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. That fear isn't coming from God. The Holy Spirit isn't putting fear inside of you. It's another spirit putting fear inside of you. But what, is, what are those fears revealing? And then what is the biblical prescription for fear? Jesus makes it crystal clear in John chapter 10, right, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what fear does in our life. Fear robs us. It kills something inside of us. It it destroys our life. But that's only half of the verse. The other half of the verse is Jesus saying, but I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Have it to the full. That's what Jesus says in his word. He says, I want to free you from fear, where the freedom of the Lord is. Isn't that good? I mean, that he casts out all fear. Don't let fear block your abundant life in Christ. Let's look at Psalm 27 together. Um, Again, familiar psalm there, but I I love the psalms. I think we all love the psalms because David is a songwriter. he's a musician, and sometimes songs can express our feelings better than our words can. And so I I think that's why we love David. But David is on the run for his life. That's what the context of Psalm 27 is. Saul is out to kill David. And he's brought a whole army against David. And so David is is there. He's been threatened by, by Saul because Saul is threatened by David, and he doesn't like David, so he's sending all these people out. There's so many people that are lying about him, trying to get him, trying to kill him, and so that's the context of this psalm. But in spite of all that's coming against David, I love David because he is strong, he is confident, and he is unafraid of everything that's coming against him. How is that even possible? How can that be? And that's why I want us to look at this psalm and analyze it so that we can overcome the fear that is destroying our life, the fears that are paralyzing us. And so let's look at this and look at his words and, and walk through it together. And the first thing we talked about was the fear of circumstances, the fear of circumstances. <clears throat> there are so many things in our life, uh, so many circumstances in our life that, that, that just cause that fear. I mean, there are things that we should be afraid of. There are challenging circumstances in our life that just come upon us, and and we don't ask for them, we don't hope for them, we never wanted them, we would have never chose them, we didn't plan for them, and these circumstances come against us, and they cause us to be afraid. And I know that's happening in a lot of our lives. It's happening in our family's life as well. There are things in our life we wouldn't have planned, we didn't choose these things, and they've come against us, and and so there's these circumstances. But like I said, around the altar here, and this is so important. That if I'm in Christ, and you're in Christ, if we are in Christ, so are our circumstances. Okay? That's really important. If I'm in Christ, so is everything that's happening in my life. Everything that's happening in David's life, it's in God's hands. I can't control the circumstances, but I know that God is at work, and he's going to do something good. Because that's who he is. Is. Let's begin at verse 1 of Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Here are the real circumstances of David's life. When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war breaks out against me. Even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord. This only one thing do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent. And set my feet high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at his sacred tent. I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. David isn't hiding the bad things that are happening. He isn't saying, well, nothing bad is going on. No, he acknowledges the circumstances, right? The wicked advanced against me. The armies besieged me. War is broken out Against me. He's not closing his eyes to his circumstances. He's instead just turning his eyes to the Lord. He's looking up. He says, I'd rather fix my eyes on the Lord than everything happening me around me. He's examined his perspective on earth. He says, I I don't want to look eyeball to eyeball with my circumstances. So the Lord's gonna lift me up and I'm gonna see my circumstances from heaven's perspective, from God's perspective, that God had everything that David needed. He knew that God was his victory, his strength, his help, his source. And ultimately, David knew the enemy is not going to defeat me. That's what David knew because he had lived that life. The, The bear couldn't kill him. The lion couldn't kill him. The giant couldn't kill him. He won all these victories because God was with him. And the same God that was with him is with you, and that's why it says in Romans chapter eight, verse thirty-one: "What then shall we say in response to these things, to these circumstances? If God is for us, who can be against us?" Yeah, isn't that beautiful, right? No one, because I've got God's perspective, not. My perspective, and David is so confident in this psalm. I hope you read this psalm this week. He is so confident in this psalm, and, and I think he's so confident because he's so close to God. He, 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 his public confidence comes from his private time with God, with knowing God, being close to God. because what does he say? The one thing I seek. The one thing I ask is to be in your house, Lord to be close to you, to be face to face with you. That's the one thing that I want. It's the safest place to be. And then he has all this language of the Lord exalting him and lifting him up his head and, and even his feet are above his enemies so that he can look down on his enemies that, that, that the Lord is giving him a whole new perspective on his circumstances. And He's saying, no, I'm, I'm with God. He loved and meditated on the goodness of God. He talks about the beauty of the Lord, the God of wonders, the God of miracles. He knew that God and he knew God's goodness and his grace. And so David, he didn't fear anyone. There was no man that was a man. He had already faced Goliath. There was no man that caused fear in his heart. It was only the Lord that caused fear in his heart. That awe and that reverence to the Lord. Let me tell you this. You don't have to be afraid of anyone. You don't have to be afraid of anyone. Just fear the Lord. Go with awe and reverence before him like David. You don't have to fear man. You don't have to fear anything. And it's that intimacy with God that elevated, uh, he just elevated David to to get a different perspective on his problems. And let me tell you, allow God to lift you up so that you can have a different view of what's going on in your life. That he's actually at work and he's actually doing a good thing. And he's going to turn it around for good, for his glory. I love David. He just worships in the midst of the most scary circumstances of his life. I love that some of you are here today worshiping God on maybe the worst day of your life or worst time of your life, but you're still here and you're still worshiping and God's going to give you a new perspective about the circumstances that you're in, that he's at work and that he's doing something good. And the thing I love about David is he never pursued his enemy. He never pursued Saul. He never, went after, he never pursued his enemy. The only thing David did is he pursued God. Don't pursue the thing that you're afraid of. Pursue God. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Just like David. So that's the, the first thing that David teaches us in this passage. And then continuing on, we've talked about this fear of failure. This fear of failure. <clears throat> this is something that's... that's Close to me because uh, a number of years ago, I, I battled with debilitating anxiety, and I know that that may be hard for for some of you that are, are newer to the church, and you're like, "Well, Daryl, you're up front talking all the time, and if you had anxiety, you wouldn't be able to do that." But I, I had some some really really bad battles with it to the point where I couldn't couldn't do what I'm doing right now, and 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 sometimes in life, and, and you need to be able to discern these things, sometimes these things are spiritual, and then other times they're mental, and you have to, you have to discern between the two, and so, you know, I could bind all the spirits in, in the world, but it it wasn't, it wasn't that, it was going on up here, and I needed to work on this, and, and I, when I, when I got to the root of my anxiety, the root of my anxiety was a fear of failure. I was afraid I was going to make a mistake, and I'd make a big mistake, and then, you know, and you catastrophize, and, and you do all these things, and, and I look back on some of these things, and they're so silly, and, and it just, you know, it, I'm almost embarrassed. I even shared with Leslie some things, and it's just like how I was just so messed up just with, with what, what, what I was thinking, and, and, and so that was me, but the devil used that, that fear to paralyze me. And that idea that I, I, I don't want to make a mistake, I don't want to do anything wrong, I want to do this. I was talking to somebody this week, and it's such a precious story. And they were, uh, were going to share something with their grandmother. They were going to confess something to their grandmother. And so they start to do this big confession to their grandmother. And, and the grandmother stops, uh, her grandson, as he's saying, and he says, Child, that's under the blood. Child, that's under the blood. And and I I just love that because it's true, right? He shed his blood on the cross. Your sins are forgiven. They are washed away. You know, and, and, and that I may make a mistake, I may do this. You know what? It's under the blood. God's got this. There's nothing, listen, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Now, there are times where we need to be convicted of our sins. So I'm not saying there's not conviction, but conviction leads you to relationship. That's what happened with David in his life. When David was confronted with his sin, when he was convicted with his sin, what did he do? He ran to God. He got back into relationship with God, and everything was good. It was under, under the blood, as we would say. So, so, so conviction leads us to relationship. Condemnation will destroy you. And the Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And let me tell you, if there's a sin that just keeps like haunting you, it's like, oh, I just keep remembering what I did back then, or or, I'm I'm so afraid I might do it. It's like, it's under the blood. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Anything that, if there's something in your heart, just run to God. It's all about relationship with Him. So let it drive you to Him. Don't let that fear. Of failure, fear of making a mistake, or, or just don't let that hold you back. Look at what David says here in, in verse 7. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says to you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Listen to his heart here. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Here's a promise from God's word. If you seek him, you will find him. It's just that simple. He's not going to reject you. If you seek him, you will find him. It says in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen: you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That's a promise from God's word. And so what does David say? David says, I'm going to seek his face. And when you, when you seek his face, he gives you his favor. That favor is him watching over you, taking care of you. So when we seek his face, he gives us his favor. Listen, and you, as somebody needs to hear this today. Our God is not a God of rejection. He is not a God of rejection. He is a God of the prodigal with arms open wide saying, Come to me, everyone, anybody. You're, you're, you're heavy laden, you're, you're, you're weary, you're, you're going through a hard time. Come to me, seek me, and you will find me. I love it's what it says in Hebrews, that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. That's our God. That's the God of the Bible. That's the God we serve and we love. He will not reject you. He will not cast you out. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. So don't worry about that fear of failure, the fear of the future, the fear of the future. That's, that's really the fear of the unknown or the uncertain, because we really don't know what tomorrow holds, right? I mean, none of us know what's really going to happen tomorrow. But as the old hymn says, we may not know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow, All right? So we may not know, but God knows. And look, we know the ultimate end. I mean, we read the end of the book, we know we win, we know that we rule and reign with Christ, we know that we are partakers in his victory, we know all those things, but there's this in-between time, this time that we're waiting for that to come. And so we have to wait. But what does David say to do while we're waiting? Look at what he says here in in verse 11. Teach me your way, Lord, lead me in a straight path because my Because of my oppressors, do not turn me over uh, to the desire of my foes or false witnesses that rise up against me, spouting malicious accusation. Look at this, I remain confident of this, what? I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I love that, right? Yes, do we have this ultimate victory? Yes, that ultimate victory is coming someday. But look at what David said, and you can say the same thing. It's not just someday that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in my life today. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord at work inside of me. Are we in a spiritual battle? Yes, every single one of us are in a spiritual battle. And some of us are in the battle of our life. But so was David. And David remained confident in the Lord because he knew this, that God's goodness and his power will never run out. God's goodness and his power will never run run out and so maybe that's why the bible says don't be afraid his goodness his power will never run out not only do you win in the end you will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living that god will be at work on your behalf and and here's the key to all of this you think about a key a key will let you into your home when you get back home. It will open the door so that you can walk into that home. When you go to your car, you'll have that key to start the car. And, and those keys open things. They they make things move. What is the key to all of this? The key is faith. It's trust. It's a hope in God. That's the key to all of this. And you say, I don't, I don't know if I know it's true for David. I don't know if it's true for me. Yes. We win the battle against fear with faith. That's how we win the battle. We wait and, and we are strong and we take heart because the battle belongs to the Lord. Look at what he said at the, that last part of the, the, the psalm. He says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, have faith, and then what do we do again? Wait for the Lord. He says it twice, wait for the Lord. Our video said rely on the Lord. We just, we just put our hope, we put our faith in The Lord. And I want to tell you this today God will not let you down. Put your confidence in Him, put your hope in Him. And then, when your hope is in Him, wait. Because you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Jesus uh, knew a lot about waiting on the Lord waiting to be rescued from those that were out to get him. And in Luke chapter 13, we won't turn there now, but in Luke chapter 13, um, Jesus is told by the religious leaders, hey, Herod wants to kill you. You better run away, Jesus, because Herod is coming to get you. And I just love Jesus' response. He's like, go tell that fox, you know, he can't do anything to me. You know, And I just, I love, it's kind of like David in the psalm, just so confident and, and, and there's so many good things. And, and, and Jesus is just so confident. I mean, you think about it. Jesus is completely unafraid of Herod, completely unafraid of dying. And yet it would be natural, right, to be afraid of Herod, to be afraid of dying, but, but, but Jesus just shows no fear. Absolutely none. Why? Because he was close to his father. Listen, Jesus knew that his life was not in Herod's hands. It was in the Father's hands. Today, your life is in no one else's hands. There's no circumstance. There's no decision. There's nothing in the future. There's nothing in the past. There's nothing that holds your life other than the Father. He holds your life. And Jesus knew that. And and Jesus knew he was going to die. But it wasn't going to be on Herod's timetable. It was going to be on his father's timetable. And then there was going to come a point where he could say, into my father's hands I commit my spirit. He knew the father was going to take care of him. He knew the father was going to rescue him. And we can have that same confidence today that our life is in God's hands. And we can pray as Jesus, not my will, but thine be done. Not my will, but thine be done. Because God, you've got me in your hand. And so here's the question today. Are you close to God? Are you close to God like David, where David is is running for his life, and while he's running for his life, he's not looking at his circumstances. What is he saying? One thing I ask. One thing I seek. To be in your house, Lord. To see your face. One thing, God. That's all I want. The one thing. Or like Jesus, who was so closely tied to the Father. I and the Father are one, that relationship. Are you close to God like that? Let me challenge you this week, and not just this week, because we're actually going to walk through the Psalms as we move closer to Good Friday and Easter, is just say, in these weeks right now, I'm going to get close to God, just like David, just like Jesus and the Father. I want to be close. The one thing I'm going to seek is to be in his house. The one thing I'm going to seek is his face. I'm going to, I'm going to go after God like I haven't gone after God before, and it's do it because then there is no circumstance that you will have to fear. Right? There's, there's no big mistake. It's this failure that's out there. You won't fail when you seek God because you will find him. And you don't have to worry about the future because God's got the future, but he's also got today. And he's going to take care of you today as well. You don't have to have any fear if you go after God. Let fear in your life, if you're worrying about something, afraid of something, let that drive you to the Lord, not away from him. Fear will steal, kill, and destroy. God's going to give you life because he's going to raise you up to see it from his perspective. And I'm going to tell you, God's doing a good work. So let him do it. A couple verses here before we go. You know them but I want to give them to you again. Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. Instead of being afraid, be still and know that He is God. And here's another verse for you, and this verse is something I'm going to ask you to uh, not just write down in your notes, but I'd like you to write them down now, but I'd like it to become your prayer this week. Memorize it and make it your prayer this week. It's Psalm 56.3. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. You probably already have that memorized now. But I'm asking you to do this. Would you close your eyes? Would you just lift your hands before the Lord? Just where you're sick, because we're going to pray here for a moment. But I'm asking you just to, to repeat after me. Whenever I'm afraid... I will trust in you. Trust you. Again, whenever I'm afraid, whenever I'm afraid I, will trust in you. I will trust in you. One more time, whenever I'm afraid, whenever I'm afraid I, will trust in you. I will trust in you. Lord, that's the prayer of our hearts. Lord, there are so many things in this world so many challenges, so many people, so many things, so many circumstances. So much unknown, God, that can cause fear in our life. But Lord, our new prayer is this. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And just as you deliver David from his enemies, even, and, and just as you just raised Jesus from the dead, God, you're going to do that in our life. You're going to bring your resurrection power to our lives. And Lord, we know that's coming someday, but we we know that we're going to see it today in the land of the living. God, we're going to see your goodness. We're going to see your power. God, I pray any moment that we're even tempted to worry that we will put our trust in you. We will use that key of faith to unlock just that relationship that we have with you. And God, as we seek your face, God, thank you for your favor that rests upon our life. God, that you're watching out for us, you're taking care of us, and we don't have to be afraid of anything. Deliver us from fear, Lord. Lord, make us strong in you. May we we go after you these next few weeks and and come and and celebrate on Easter Sunday your resurrection power in our lives. May we have boldness and confidence as David did. May we know you, Father. May we know you, Jesus. Just as you and the Father are one, may we be one with you. May we be close to you. May we know your love. Thank you, God, that our lives are in your hands. They're not in our circumstances. They're not in the future. Lord, our, our life is in your hand. Our feet are, are on the solid rock. We don't have to be afraid. It's a firm foundation. You take good care of us. Your goodness and your power never run out. Thank you for all the promises of your word. God, may we walk in that this week and um, in the weeks to come. That there will be no more fear in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It's been a good day in the house of the Lord. It's good, uh, good to be back. I, I love it. I love what God's going to do in the weeks to come as we do march toward Easter. Um, let me just say this because I, I know there's probably people who are, are new here uh, today and we want to say welcome, but but all of this works because of Jesus and what he did on the cross. When we said it was under his blood, what we meant is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And, and all we have to do, Jesus says, I want you just to, to believe that I did that for you. And confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you'll be saved. And, and so just believe that today. Follow Jesus. There's a packet on each side of the altar up here. You just come and take it. It's free. It's got a Bible in there, a little book about what it means to follow Jesus, some other goodies for you. It's free. We want you to